Hey, sis. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes. Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood. I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself, so I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom-life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold, and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. This is a podcast for millennial moms who struggle with limiting beliefs <clears throat> and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith and family. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up <clears throat> for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. All right, so welcome back to our returning listeners and welcome to our new listeners to the podcast episode. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, I'm looking forward to today's topic. <clears throat> my throat is trying to give me a little tickle right now. I don't know why, because I've literally been fine all day long today. So <laughs> we're going to push through this tickle. Hopefully I don't start coughing and adding the food. But um, today's topic is how to grieve the loss of someone who is still alive. Um, I decided to speak on this topic today based off a Facebook post that I put out last week about how it's hard to grieve um, the loss of somebody, right, or the loss or the ending of a relationship when that person is still alive. And I got a lot of feedback um, from that post about people who could relate, um, about people who understood what I was talking about in regards to that. So we're going to talk about that um, some today, how to grieve the loss of someone who is still alive. All right. So before we hop into it, let's do some, you know, our foundational work with the introduction. So what does grief mean? The definition of grief is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death, misery, pain, heartbreak, or distress, the experience of coping with loss. Now, 
One key thing here is that um, it says that it's deep sorrow, especially caused by someone's death. So I will go um, a little deeper into that with our talk. But usually when we hear the word grief, we automatically compare it to death, right? But according to this definition, grief is the loss of anything. So whether it's through death, the ending of a relationship, the ending of a job or transitioning into something new, like losing your house and having to move into a new home, anything where you are losing or something that you had a attachment to is gone, you can grieve it, right? Or feel deep sadness as a result of losing it. We all have or will experience grief at some point in our lives, right? Grief makes sense when death is involved. Why? Because we know for a fact that we will no longer see that person again, right? Death is death. Once you're gone, you're not going to see that person later on walking down the street. They're not going to call you, you know, that next week. You know in your mind that as a result of death, I'm never going to see this person again. I'm never going to speak to this person again. Your mind understands that, right? And also when it comes to grief in regards to death, um, it could possibly bring a sense of peace when that person passes away, especially if it was someone who suffered from a lot of pain before they passed away, okay? Um, as I mentioned before, we can experience grief by losing relationships um, from a family member, a close friend, a job, or a certain dream or expectations that you had for yourself in the future. These are all things that we can grieve. Now, here's the question. How do you grieve someone who is still walking on this earth, right? How do you grieve someone that you still have tangible access to in your life? So before we answer that question, we're going to talk about what the five stages of grief are. Um, if you have ever lost a loved one and had to go through like hospice care, this is something that they um, talk to families about and dive deep into the five stages of grief. Now, this was this was originally um, developed by a lady named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, um, and she became famous after she published her book on death and dying back in 1969. So um, I feel like this concept is fairly new. You know, 1969 is not that long ago. We still have people who are alive that were born at that time. So this is fairly a new concept, um, but I think it's a good concept that explains what people are going through, right, when dealing with that deep sadness in regards to losing something or someone. So there is no specific order that these stages happen. Um, people can experience each stage at different times. Um, some people may not experience all of the stages, and I'll get into that further in our talk. Um, also, feelings are different for different bereavements. So the example I gave earlier, someone may feel peace for a loved one passing away because they dealt with a lot of pain while they were alive, right? Versus someone who lost a child suddenly through maybe an accident. Those feelings are going to be different, right? When it comes to grief and that bereavement phase. So the first stage of grief is denial. And again, like I said, these are not in any specific order. I'm just naming the five. So the first one is denial. This is disbelief that this person is actually gone in death or the actual ending of a relationship if that person is still alive. 
even if you know with your head that someone is gone and not coming back, it can be hard to believe. So I know in a lot of movies, right, <laughs> when someone passes away, um, one of the first things that the person starts screaming is, no, no, I don't believe it. No, it's not true. Like these are the things you hear them saying. That's that stage of denial, right? And even though it's said that these don't happen in a specific order, um, I feel like denial can be one of the first ones, like just hearing the news, right? That someone is gone or that this relationship has ended kind of brings a shock to your system and to your mind. Like, no way this is real. No way this is happening. Like, I cannot believe this. So that's the first stage, denial. The second stage of grief is anger, right? This is a natural emotion during the grief process. So you may feel like the person passing away or the end of that relationship is cruel or unfair, right? It is common to feel angry towards the person or angry at, at ourselves for things that we did or didn't do. Um, so in regards to death, you may see like, say there was a mother-daughter relationship and the mom passed away and the daughter is angry or feels so upset because the last conversation they had with her mom, she might've said, I hate you, right? Or they didn't talk for years and she's angry at herself or angry at her mom because now the mom is gone and they're not able to resolve those issues. Anger is completely natural in the grieving, um, the grieving stages. It's not just sadness. Anger is natural as well. The third stage is bargaining, right? So while in pain, it's hard to accept there is nothing you can do to change things, especially the ending of a relationship. Um, you try to make deals with yourself or with God. Um, you kind of go over things in the past, like, well, what if I would have did this? This would have came out different. Or what if I didn't say this? That would have went different. So a lot of what if questions and statements are going on in your mind. And also for the bargaining stage, you start to wish that you can go back and change things in hopes of a different outcome. The fourth stage of grief is depression. Okay, this is what we're most familiar with when it comes to grieving the loss of a relationship or due to death. Depression is an intense sadness that can come in waves over time. It can last for days, weeks, months, or even years, right? You can start to feel like there is no meaning to life, all right? So this is the depression stage. And the last and final stage is acceptance. This is when pain eases over time and it's easier to accept the loss for what it is. You may never get over the loss completely, but you are able to live and enjoy life again. So with my grief experience, um, I have experienced grief um, as a result of death due to my grandmother and my stepfather. Now, when it comes to their deaths, I feel like that I was able to get to the acceptance stage pretty quickly um, in my grief journey because they both suffered from pain for a long amount of time. Um, my grandmother had cancer. I can remember going to doctor's appointments with her for her chemo treatment. Um, I can remember her taking multiple pills. She had to take shots. Like It was just a lot that she was going through. So I felt a sense of peace once she passed away and she was older, like in her seventies. Um, I felt a sense of peace and I was able to accept 
the loss of her death a lot more easier. Um, same with my stepdad. Now he was in his sixties, which I feel like is still young. Um, but he dealt with severe pain in his body from arthritis. Um, he had to take lots of medicines, shots, like just a lot of pain and suffering. So once he did pass away, again, I felt like I was able to move into that acceptance stage a lot quicker because I feel like they are no longer, you know, suffering anymore. I felt at peace. Okay. Um, and this is something like I shared earlier, how when you go through the grief stages, you may not experience all the stages. So this was definitely the case for me with those two family members. Um, and like, I, well, I didn't share before, but I have two instances of grief. So that first instance was death, how I dealt with grief in regards to death. Now I have two family members and one friend who I'm grieving the loss of these relationships. And it, okay, so the first grief that I shared was about people who passed away. All right. Now, this next grief that I'm going to share is about people who are still alive. There we go. Okay, so I have two family members and one friend who are still alive today, but that I'm currently grieving the loss of these relationships. And y'all, it has really been hard for me. So I'll start with the two family members. Um, these family members have extreme mental health illness, which affects the dynamic of our relationship. Um, when we do have conversations and we do talk, um, the conversations are really painful for me. Um, my feelings are really hurt in the conversation and not that they're, you know, saying anything mean to me. It's just kind of like a heartbreak, like a sadness, like, man, like we really are not having a connecting conversation right here or based off some of the things they're saying, it just reveals like, mentally where they are. And I'm just not really sure how to respond back or what to do with their mental illness or their mental state at this time. So conversations with them are really painful for me. And I find it easier to just avoid having conversations or talking altogether. So I had to accept that the relationship I thought that we had is dead, right? Um, these family members are someone that I grew up with, <laughs> like that I've done life with that I never in a million years thought that on this day today, our relationship would be non-existent. I would have never thought that today. So I had to accept that, you know, the relationship that I thought we had or that we would have um, currently in this state is just, it's just not happening. It's just not what I thought that it would be. Um, and any relationship that I would like to have with them in the future isn't going to look the way that I want it to. So my heart kind of breaks on that end too, because I want our relationship to be mended. I want to be around them more, to have more conversation, for them to be involved in my life and for me to be involved in their life. But again, based off, you know, where they are with their mental illness, where they are, you know, right now in their lives and where I am in my journey, in my life, you know, I don't have mental illness, but where I am, mindset wise in my journey, our worlds just do not fit or connect well or connect in a healthy way at this time. And that's something that I'm having to accept and grieve. I have faith and I'm hopeful that God will heal these family members. But in reality, I know that this is probably how things will be. So this is a real transparent um, moment for me because I feel like I'm very 
I'm strong in my faith. I feel like I have strong faith in God. Um, I can put my hope in God. I trust that he is a healer, that, you know, he can make a way out of no way, that he can restore old things as new. Like I believe all these things, but I struggle with my faith when it comes to the relationship with these two particular people healing. Um, because I believe that we're supposed to have faith, you know, that God can turn the situation around, but I'm looking at the reality of the situation and what I see, (laughs) right? Like, I feel like we can pray to God. We can believe God. We can intercede for others um, by going to God in prayer for them, right? But I understand at the end of the day, not even God can make anybody change, right? He gave us free will here on this earth. We can choose what we want to do with our lives. Now, he gives us the Bible. He gives us... um, you know, instruction for what we should do with our lives. He begs for us to choose life, right? To choose to walk and do this life on his path. But I understand that that's not the case for everybody. And I understand that he's not going to force anybody to have a relationship with him. He's not going to force anybody to change their mindset. He's not going to force anybody to do anything. So I struggle with having faith that, oh, God can do a miracle and he can heal, you know, these family members and their mental health, and we can mend this relationship and come back together. I struggle with that. Um, And then the reality that I'm faced with when I see their actions, when I hear our conversations that we have, I honestly just get really discouraged. And I start to feel like, well, what's the point of praying for them? Um, I start to feel like, you know, I just need to accept this for what it is and stop trying to hope for something that's not going to happen. So again, like I said, that's a transparent moment for me. Um, And I've taken this to God in prayer. I really struggle with what that's supposed to look like on my behalf. Should I have faith that God will turn things around for them? Or should I just accept that this is the way things are in this season? And unfortunately, this is kind of what they chose and how things are. Um, I understand that the root of me ending these relationships with these two individuals is shame, guilt, unforgiveness, lack of value, substance abuse, and mental illness, right? So with all of these factors in place, I understand that these are kind of like the foundational causes for why the relationship had to end. Um, I have felt anger and acceptance in my grief journey with them. So I have not felt denial. Um, what were the other ones? Those I will say uh, anger and acceptance are the only two that I've experienced with these two, right? So I feel angry that this is how their lives turned out, man, especially like one of the family members who I felt like I would never think that their life would turn out the way that it is. And I'm just so angry with them that the, based off their choices and decisions that this is the result of their life. And based off their choices and decisions, our relationship has had to end. So I've been mad about that. I've been angry about that. I've been frustrated about that. But at the same time, I've had to accept that this is where we are on our journey and that I can't force anybody to change their ways and God can't force anybody either. So I will say it has not really been that hard for me to accept the ending of these relationships because technically we weren't really like that close or connected in the first place. And these are family members, (laughs) y'all, family members. So 
for my family dynamic, like we were very surface level in our relationships. I don't feel like we were very deep. So as a result of us not having this relationship, I really don't feel too affected by it, if that makes sense. Now, there is a relationship that I have had to end, um, and this is with an ex-friend. And I felt like grieving the loss of this relationship has been a lot harder than grieving the loss of my family members. And one thing for this I can say is, you know, during my high school times or when I was really deep into this friendship, their family pretty much became my family. So, you know, on the weekends, I was always over there throughout the week. You know, we were always on the phone, always in communication. I spent holidays, celebrations and everything with this friend and their family. So in a way, I felt like their family became mine. So this was a 15-year friendship, and it ended about six years ago. And when it ended, like, I really (laughs) was hit hard by this. But I will say, so let's, let's back up. So I was in a 15 year, 15 plus year friendship, and it ended about six years ago. Now, the start of the relationship ending is back in 2018. And if any of you have listened to me for any amount of time, you know that that was kind of like my pivotal year or my transition year when I really got serious about my relationship with God and became more save, save, (laughs) as I say, like really just started taking him serious. Um, So I wasn't really talking on the phone as much in this season. I wasn't really going out much in this season. Um, God started to reveal to me things about my speech, like complaining, um, gossiping about other people, things like that. And I realized that that was the bulk of a lot of my conversations on the phone. So during this season, um, when God was working on my heart, I just kind of fell back, you know, from my friend groups. Um, And in particular, this close friend group, just because there were things that I started noticing in this relationship that I felt like were unhealthy, God started to reveal and bring things to me. Um, So I just decided to fall back without any type of conversation. Now, I will say that's one um, regret that I do have looking back on that, because in a sense, that's passive aggressive. And I know that this new generation has this whole, oh, cut them off, cut them off. You ain't got to explain nothing. But when you think about that, for somebody that you've been in this close relationship with for years (laughs) and just one day they decide, oh, I don't want to talk to you no more without explanation, that's painful. That's going to hurt your feelings. That's going to hurt your heart, Um, especially if you have any type of connection with that person, which for a 15-year relationship, I'm sure that there is, right, over time. So I can say that I feel... um, I do feel upset about how I went about it, right? I understand that I was going through a transitional period, but I would have done something different in that stage. I would have had a conversation about what I was going through um, at that time and how I just needed, you know, some time to myself in the season. But instead, I just decided to fall back without any type of conversation, which, like I said, I feel is passive aggressive. But on the flip side, God spoke to me in a dream about how this friendship would come to an end. So I had a dream one night um, that I was at this particular person's funeral and I was on stage and I was speaking about them and I was speaking about our relationship and the time that we had together, all the laughs we had and how I was going to miss them. 
So when I woke up from the dream, I felt sad. And when I touched my face, my face was wet. Like I was crying <laughs> in my sleep at this dream. So at first I didn't really understand what this dream meant. Like, does this mean that this person is about to die? Like, I was just really nervous and unsure of what it meant. But later on, God revealed to me that he was saying that that was going to be the death of our, our friendship, the death of our relationship. And at that time, I didn't know that. I didn't understand it. But looking back um, in, in the thick of our friendship breaking up, God brought that dream back to my mind. And it was like, this is what I was telling you, that this friendship is going to have to end. This relationship is going to have to die. Okay, so that was huge for me. Um, and even though it hurt, it's like God is saying to step away from this. So I'm going to trust what God is saying. I'm going to trust what he's revealing to me in this season. Um, there was a point that I did try to reconcile that bargaining um, with the relationship. Um, I tried to reconcile, but things have not been the same ever since. So last year we came to an official agreement that, you know, hey, this friendship is officially over. It is what it is. And we just won't communicate anymore. So this was hard for me because we have mutual friends <laughs> in our group, right? So now this makes things really different. It makes things really awkward um, when it comes to planning events and get togethers because nobody really knows like how to approach the situation. Now I can't say for me personally, I feel like I'm I'm fine enough to be in the same space with this person, but I don't think that's something that they're okay with. And that's something that has hurt my feelings, you know, moving forward cuz it's like, well, I understand we aren't talking, but is it that deep to where, you know, we can't be in the same room with each other? And God had to check me like I can't um speak on anybody's grieving process or how they want to handle the ending of a relationship. I can only control myself and how I, you know, grieve the process and what I'm doing to end the relationship. I can't, you know, control what anybody else is doing. So that's something I had to accept as well. Um, so I still have love and respect for this friend, but the energy is not reciprocated. Um, it almost seems as if we have like beef with each other, but again, I don't feel that way. So I have dealt with all the stages of grief <laughs> for this friend. Um, I have felt anger because I started to realize some of the unhealthy things that I noticed that happened over time in the course of our friendship. And I feel anger about how this person has, you know, been treating me since the relationship has ended. And not saying that they're specifically doing anything to me, but when there have been opportunities for us to all be together, it has hurt my feelings in the way that this friend has responded. Um, when that opportunity came up, um, I tried bargaining um, when I said that I tried to reach out and reconcile the relationship um, last year, but that friend was not interested at the time. Um, I have dealt with depression in a sense of feeling like I don't have a best friend anymore, right? Um, I feel like everyone in my friend group has a best friend or like that one friend that they can go to. Um, and that I'm the one that's being left out. Um, there's been certain events that I have not been invited to. And I felt a certain way about it, you know, watching everybody have fun or go out or do whatever. But um, this was a phase that I dealt with in the loss of this relationship of feeling left out, of feeling like 
well, dang, now I don't have a best friend, but everybody else has a best friend. And I'll go deeper into that um, with my next point. Um, I dealt with denial. So I felt like we just need time and then we'll get back to being friends. <laughs> that was not the case at all. Um, but more recently, I have been able to transition into acceptance. Okay. So I have accepted that that friendship was seasonal. I've accepted that God confirmed that that relationship needed to end. Um, I still have love for that person and wish the best for them. And I know that I'm still loved and appreciated by my other friend group, by my other ladies in the friend group. Um, it just looks different at this stage in our life. So I recently was able to come to acceptance um, after I listened to, God has been revealing multiple things to me. I will say that. But one particular um, thing that really helped me, there's this podcast called Therapy as a Christian, and it's hosted by Rosalind Renee. And she had two episodes, How to Deal with Grieving a Friendship, part one and part two. And I'll link those in the description notes. But y'all, these podcast episodes helped to bring so much peace to my mind because it helped me to realize that I wasn't crazy for feeling the way that I felt or thinking the things that I was thinking, okay? Um, she talked about communication skills and friendships. So she helped reveal to me that I was probably being passive aggressive, not speaking up about you know my needs and being vocal about things throughout the friendship. Um, and she touched on how friendships and relationships are seasonal. And another thing she touched on was how, you know, as an adult, our friendships look different. And sometimes we have to put our friends in categories. And this brought a lot of peace to me because, like I said, I was struggling with feeling like, oh, I'm being left out. I'm being left out. But she helped me to see that, no, I had at, at this stage in my life, I have certain friends for certain things, right? So I have my business friends where we talk about business things. I have my faith-based friends where we talk about God. I have my mommy friends where we talk about uh, motherhood and all the things. Then I have my friends that I'll meet up with for brunch and we cackle. Like I have friends in specific categories or for certain reasons. So that's a lot of the enemy and a lot I'm telling myself when I say, oh, I don't have any friends. I do have friends. It just looks different in this stage of my life than a previous stage. Okay. So here are four ways to cope with the loss of someone who is still alive. The first thing that you can do is understand that some relationships are seasonal. Okay. Think about our seasons, winter, summer, spring, and fall. They don't last all year. They have their rotation and there's different reasons for each season that we experience, right? So who you were in one season may not require that relationship in another season. A perfect example of this, and I thank the Holy Spirit for this revelation. A perfect example of this is your teacher, okay? Think about your kindergarten teacher up to your 12th grade teacher, to college professors, if you went to college like all those teachers we had were in different seasons, right? Just because the relationship with your kindergarten teacher ended does not mean that that time you spent with them was not beneficial, that they did not pour into your life, that they did not equip you for what you needed in that season of kindergarten, right? But your season in 12th grade, you're a different person. You have different needs. You have different requirements and expectations. So that relationship with your teacher in 12th grade 
is meant for that season that you're in um, in your life at that moment. So this kind of made me think about my relationships and friendships and things like that. Some relationships and friendships are seasonal. Some friendships served me in that time that it needed to serve me. But here I am at a different stage in my life. I may not need that relationship anymore. Does it mean that when I was in that relationship that, oh, nothing went well or that person just did me wrong? No, it just means that in this new season, we don't serve each other to be in a relationship right now. Okay. Um, So another thing too, this goes back to those childhood friendships because baby, a childhood friendship looks a whole lot different than an adult relationship, right? Or an adult friendship. So accept that for your seasons. I know for me, um, my childhood friendships, I was one to sit on the phone for hours at a time, kiki cackling, whatever. You will not catch me on the phone in my adult life. For one, my kids are too loud in the background. That's that's for starters. And for two, I just, I've noticed that certain conversations on the phone for me start to turn into where we're talking about other people or catching up on everybody else's business and what they got going on. And certain conversations like that, I personally am no longer interested in. Now, this isn't to say that I won't talk on the phone because I will have a phone conversation with a friend every now and then. And we're on the phone for an hour or two laughing, catching up, you know, uh, cracking jokes or whatever. And that's fine. But I've accepted that for me as an adult, talking on the phone or just texting back and forth all day, that's not where I am in my communication style. Now, if we want to plan a day to link up and meet up and cackle for hours at a restaurant or at somebody's house, oh, baby, I'm all for it. So it's just okay to to understand and accept that, you know, your childhood friendships are going to look different than your adult friendships. So embrace the current season of your relationships. Appreciate the past season of relationships and what they served you in that season. So for the ex-friend that I, you know, shared with you all about earlier, that friendship relationship served as my family in the season when we were close because I didn't have a close connection with my family. So having that relationship with them then served me because I got to experience what, you know, being a part of a family and a tight knit community was like as a result of my relationship with this person. And I'm grateful for that. All right. The second thing that you can do to cope with the loss of someone who is still alive is express your feelings about the situation. Don't just sit and hold these thoughts and feelings inside your head and inside your heart because it's going to spill over and blow out at the wrong time and the wrong way. So one way to express your feelings is by journaling, just writing out your raw emotions about how you feel. You can get real raw (laughs) with this. Um, And then maybe if you don't want anyone to read it or whatever, you can rip it up at the end. But journaling, I would say, is a good place for you to spill out your raw thoughts, feelings, and emotions in a safe space. Excuse me. You can also talk with somebody that you trust. Um, So maybe you have another friend outside of this friend. Um, And this can even go to like romantic relationships, too. If it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you are with and the relationship is ending, you know, you can grieve the loss of that. You can grieve the loss of what you expected y'all's relationship to look like in the future. So be sure to talk with somebody that you trust um, about what you're going through. You can go to therapy or you can pray to God. 
Um, and this is also another place, I feel a safe space that you can be raw. You just need a safe space that you can be your authentic, raw self about your thoughts and emotions for the situation. Um, because as we shared, anger <laughs> and depression are one of the emotions that you deal with in the grief stage. So there's some choice words, <laughs> some choice feelings that you may have that you just need to get out in a safe space. And I would say get it out in a safe space instead of going off on that person that you're upset with because you can do more damage than what's already done by doing it that way and you'll regret it. All right, the third thing you can do to grieve the loss of someone um, who is still alive is to learn the lessons in that relationship, okay? So you may start to ask yourself, what are some things that you may need to change about yourself in regards to your behavior or communication? So like for me, I shared that, you know what, Tari, you probably could have had a conversation with this person before just deciding, oh, I'm going to fall back. Oh, I'm just going to cut them off completely. So that's something that a lesson that I learned. The next time that I am, you know, having an issue with someone or considering ending the relationship, I need to have a conversation with them first and express, you know, what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking um, at this time. What are some signs that you ignored in the relationship? This was something that I had to go through when it came to learning lessons. Just kind of going through the over the years and the dynamic of the family member's relationship as well as that friend relationship. What are some signs that I ignored in the relationship? What are some boundaries that I allowed to be crossed? What are some things that you know were that I did not like that I just allowed to happen, right? What were some things that I ignored? That's a lesson you can learn. And the last lesson you can learn or ask yourself, um, how will you use what you learned in the current relationship that you have now or in the next relationship that you get into? Um, I saw something recently about how relationships are simply a reflection of who we are, right? So the more lessons that you learn about how to do relationship, then you can apply that to your other relationships in hopes that they grow and become better because of the lessons you've learned from past relationships, all right? And the fourth and final thing you can do to um, grieve the loss of someone who is still alive is identify and appreciate the relationships that you currently have. <laughs> this was for sure something that I had to do because I really found myself in that woe is me funk, like, oh, I don't have no best friend, okay? Do I really need a best friend at my big age? Like. Come on, Tari. <laughs> Let's grow up and be mature here. So identify and appreciate the relationships that you currently have. Shift your focus and pay attention to the people who are in your life. Reflect on how these people have poured into your life. Okay. So for me, I have my husband. My husband is my best friend. And as cliche as that sounds like, we grew up together too. We had been together for 15 plus years, you know, in our romantic relationship. Um, and we also have a friendship as well. So while I'm sitting here saying I ain't got no best friend, yes, I do. I do have a best friend and my husband. I feel like I can be my raw, authentic self in front of him. He has seen the good, the bad, the ugly, everything um, for me. So I'm grateful that I do have someone in my life that I can consider a best friend or that I can share my raw, authentic um, emotions and thoughts with. So I, I do have someone. 
my children, my kids, and the friends that I do still have. Now, do we talk every day, the friends that I do still have? No, but I do still have a relationship with them. I know if I need something, I can reach out to them and they'll be there and vice versa. So I feel like thoughts like that is the enemy just trying to get you in this pity party like, oh, since this one person isn't your friend, nobody's your friend. And it's like, it's not even that serious. That's a lie. (laughs) That's a lie. Let's reel it in and come back to reality. Look for ways to continue to nurture the relationships you currently have. So how can you have better communication? Um, Maybe you need to have planned, intentional time together. I know that's where I am currently with my friendships. I'm not the spontaneous pull-up friend. Sis, we got to put it on the calendar. Let me know in advance and I will be there, okay? Um, And last but not least, express your gratitude to them, whether this be verbally or by doing something nice for them. All right, so just a quick recap. Five, excuse me, four ways to cope with the loss of someone who is still alive. Understand that certain relationships are seasonal. Express your feelings about the situation in a safe space. Learn the lessons and identify and appreciate the relationships that you currently have. All right. And your reflection for today is to reflect on a relationship or an opportunity that you had to grieve the loss of. What stages of grief did you experience and what strategies can you apply to help you with that grief process? All right, that is all that I have for you all today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. Um, If you are not, please follow me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, I would love to have you join the Mom Keys to Mental Peace community. Uh, My email list, it is free. Be sure that you're subscribed to um, the podcast on whatever platform you listen to as well as the YouTube channel where I post the live videos. And if you um, found this episode helpful, please share it. Share it with someone that um, it could be a blessing to them. It can help them rate this show, leave a review. Let me know what you think. All right. And I will talk to you all next week. Bye.